We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. Hi, I'm Yui Shu. And I'm Julie Kraftchik. We're active daters turned dating sociologists. Here to dive into everything modern dating and relationships. Welcome. Welcome to the Dateable Podcast. What's up, Datables? Welcome to another episode. We are feeling refreshed after a kind of a weekend in Joshua Tree. Julie and I had a romantic getaway. We did. We sure did. <laughs> We've been trying to do a Datable retreat for a long time. And you all know that last time we tried to go to Joshua Tree, a hurricane decided to... <laughs> visit the high desert. So we had to cancel our trip, but we finally got to go this past week and it was so magical, so relaxing. We got to do a a lot um, in person. It's just so much different in person to discuss everything. And we got to like bond and catch up on our lives and also on you all, our dateable fam. (laughs) It really was so magical for anyone that hasn't been to Joshua Tree. I feel like I went a long time ago and I thought it was cool. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But this time Mm -hmm. around, I think because we went at, you know, sunset, just how incredible that national park is. It really just felt like, you know, we were like in this far out place that we actually looked up the definition of Joshua Tree. And it felt so relevant to everything that we were going through. It was like maintaining love and hope. And now I'm like butchering this. And what was it positive or faith? That's what it was. Love, hope and Mm -hmm. faith when and things are challenging in your lives, you can make it through. So I feel like that was such a testament to where we are both right now. And it was something really sentimental of just Googling that and figuring out that was the meaning of Joshua Trees. Yeah, perseverance in the face of adversity, such harsh desert conditions, these beautiful trees can grow and thrive. In fact, they're actually not trees, they're succulents that are as tall as trees. I went down the rabbit hole. <laughs> I wanted to know everything about Joshua Trees <laughs> afterwards. But they're supposed to emit some sort of spiritual, magical vortex energy, healing energy. And I truly felt that we weren't there for that long. But even mm-hmm. in like, what, the hour that we <laughs> spent yeah. just taking photos, walking around, I felt this, yeah, this energy and like a bondedness to 
nature to each other. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was just really cool. For Yeah, definitely. If you haven't been to Joshua Tree, it's definitely worth going to. We also went to a sound healing at the Integratron, yes. which is a uh, <laughs> world famous woo-woo inst- institution. And it, that was also magical. I fell asleep so hard, I started snoring and Julie had to nudge me to wake me up. So that's a testament to how wonderful that experience Well, you had to get a buddy. A snore buddy. <laughs> this is so funny because reason why is that you're in this sound, like the echo of the sound is that the person next to you only hears like a little, but the person that's directly across, they hear yeah. that snore come through hardcore. So they told us, they're like, find a buddy. Even if you don't know someone, find a buddy. And if you hear them snore, give them a nudge. <laughs> So obviously, UA was my buddy, and I heard her snore a little. And I'm like, for me, it's not that bad, but I'm going to give you the nudge. Yeah, she caught me right away. <laughs> it's a perfectly circular dome. So your your sound bounces right off the circular wall and goes straight back to the person behind you. So I can't imagine what that person heard. I definitely heard oh, quite a few deep breaths and <laughs> snoring, nothing too bad. But it was like 45 minutes of sound bowls and we all got to lie down these really comfy pads oh, and so right next to each other. It was like a slumber party with 33 people. It was so wonderful. Yeah. And then there was the center of the dome that you could yes. say what you were grateful for or an intention. And what was super cool about it is only you heard it. You said it and it magnified for you, but no one else heard what you said. Julia was so self-conscious about what she was going to say. She was like, I don't I don't want everyone to hear. I don't know what I'm going to say because they invite everyone to go up one at a time to say like something you're grateful for. She's like, what are you going to say? I don't know what I'm going to say. Say. And we're like, Julie, nobody can hear you. <laughs> Just say whatever you want. Well, I think I like either wasn't listening or missed that part. I didn't realize. I don't know why I interpreted that everyone could hear, not that no one could hear. <laughs> so then when I was waiting in line and I couldn't hear anyone, I'm like, okay, it doesn't really matter what I said. And I said something really freaking cheesy. <laughs> and nobody heard. And nobody ever knows. Nope. So nobody, okay. No one will ever know except for me. And I told my partner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was really wonderful. And then we ate at some fabulous restaurants, but major shout out to La Copine. Oh. It's in Pioneer Town, I believe. It's this beautiful French restaurant. Wonderful food. Very, so good. very exquisite for the desert. Yeah, really, really good. It was one of those places that was so far away from all civilization. Yet. Yes. Everyone around there, there was a massive wait, first of all. They're only open for lunch. And we heard Bay Area foodies right behind us. I'm like, yep, Uh we came to the right place. Yep. They read that New York Times article and followed followed directions to that restaurant. But it's definitely worth a visit if you're in that area. It's wonderful. Totally. It was just what we both needed. I've been just going through some stuff too, not related to relationships, but more just Mm -hmm. life, I guess I'll say. And just where am I going? All this stuff. And I needed this reset. And this started off too, as part of it was we had this idea around the height of your breakup Mm -hmm. as a reset also. And I feel like you've made so much progress on this trip that while, (laughs) of course, we still talked about it, it's not like forgotten. It wasn't like 
me consoling you in any way. Like, I feel like you felt like you had, I feel like you've come out of that anger stage too, and just had this fresh awareness and going to Greece certainly helped with that. I think Greece cured me. I (laughs) truly believe something in the water, some in the air, something in the food, it cured me. Spent, you know, two weeks there. And the last four days I was in Athens. Julie's already heard this story, but I still think it's worth mentioning to our audience. Please Um, do. (laughs) I'm going to pretend like I'm brand new to it. (laughs) I I was like, Julie, do you want to hear what happened in Greece or do you want to save it for like first impressions? (laughs) She's like, can we wait for the intro? I'm like, no, we cannot wait till the intro. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, even if we were together, yeah, I'd you be still texting you being like, what happened? But we were sitting next to each other. I'm like, no, we're not waiting. <laughs> She's like, I will fake a response, okay? I will yeah. fake a surprise when you tell the story again. I'm like, okay, let's see how good your acting skills are. So, you know, you all know when I went on this trip, I th- had the intention of staying open. I brought some condoms with me. I don't know what's going to happen. I wasn't going there to <laughs> fuck, but I certainly was open to meeting someone, having a fling, whatever. And so my last four days um, in Athens, I decided to see what's out there. And my first thought was, I don't want to go on an app where I would be swiping around a lot of Americans who are visiting Greece. Mm. That's not fun. And I also didn't want to be on an app where I would use it back home. So I decided to use Badoo. It's an app that nobody uses in the U.S., but it's widely (laughs) used in Europe. And I think it's like their version of Tinder, which I later Mm. found out. It's like a hookup app. I didn't know that. So I went to I went on Badoo. <laughs> exactly what I'm looking for. Now, I don't know if it was just the men on this app or it's just Athens in general, but the men on the app were really scary, like really fucking scary. <laughs> just looked so serious, furrowed brows, shirtless with a cigarette in hand. Like that was truly the photos I saw. So I was a little nervous. So I opened my filters up to women because I was like, if I'm going to have my first lesbian experience, why not do it abroad? And I will tell you, the women were scarier. I mean, like full neck tattoos, (laughs) holding cigarettes, (sighs) staring down the barrel, like furrowed brows, same exact thing. So my first day in Athens, I was like, (laughs) probably nothing's going to happen here. But by that night, Uh, I came across this profile of someone smiling in their profile photo. And I just remember like, wow, what what a refreshing photo to see. Someone smiling. And every photo, subsequent photo, he was smiling or looking friendly, at least, not like holding a cigarette and looking like he wants to punch me. So we started talking. Turns out he's, he was born and raised in Athens, but he lives in Barcelona and he was in town to visit his family. And we were in town for the same amount of times. So we decided to meet up that night and instant sparks, instant chemistry. I was really nervous, Julie. I have not been on a date in a really long time. And yeah. even like but before this last five-year relationship, I didn't go on dates. You know, I when I was single for those six months, I didn't really go on dates. So I got a little nervous and he was also saying he was a little nervous. It was just kind of a new experience for both of us. But then we had a sober first kiss. I'm very happy to say so. I did not need the liquid courage. And there was definitely chemistry there. And we Mm. walked around Athens, had a magical walk around the city that he grew up in. And we ended up in front of my hotel, had like the hottest makeout sesh ever where (laughs) I was, my body was trembling. And I was like, oh my God, we're going to have sex in the 
the middle of the street. Like, I'm not bringing him back up to my hotel, but we're about to do something very illegal here. So I quickly was like, no, no, we can't do this. Let's see each other again tomorrow night. Like, I needed to simmer down. So we did end up seeing each other again the second night. Uh, let's just say we did stuff. Things <laughs> transpired. We did yeah. things. <laughs> things transpired, yes. Uh, I just felt so happy to be around him because I felt safe. First and foremost, Mm. I haven't felt safe around a man in a while. I felt desired, which was also very important. And I felt like we were comfortable with each other. We were like at ease with each other, even though we had only known each other for two days. So had a really hot night. It was it was wonderful. And the next morning I woke up and I was like, I am cured. I feel <laughs> cured. I feel lighter. It was the first day I had in the last four months where the cheating was not the first thing I thought of yeah. when I first woke up. So I, I, I felt like, wow, that was that was great medicine for me. I really needed it without knowing that I needed it. I mean, sometimes a hookup like this especially in travel setting where there's no expectations, that's exactly what you need. Because, you know, dating can be difficult, especially when you want it to go somewhere, you have that outcome in mind. And especially when you're getting over something, the last thing you needed to do was like meet someone and then get ghosted, right? With this, it's just, it's easy, right? It's, there's there's an end date, there's no expectations, the perfect, let's just get back out there, get back in the game, remove some of the stuff that's going through your mind because like we're going to be talking today about crimes of the heart and you don't want to compound more crimes like we already have the crime of cheating Mm -hmm. we don't want to add ghosting we don't want to add like whatever else can happen in modern dating because we know there's a lot of stuff that can so i think this was the perfect rebound get back out there fresh start i don't want the lesson to be to get over a breakup is to go on a vacation fling. I don't think that's the answer. But I think what worked out were I, I got very lucky because there are certain factors that fell into place. One is there is no future with this person. But if he was local, he would be a viable option. That's very mm. important to know. It's like I wasn't just going out with anybody. This is like would right. be a viable option if local. And the sex was good. I think that was a major risk. If the sex was bad, I right. probably would have been worse off the next I day. I know. That's the I, risk you're taking with. I also think, you know, it's like one of those things that it's not like you did this day one when you got back out there. No way. You know, you know, I feel like I've in the past, like if I've broken up with someone, there was a time that this happened to me with my ex, the one that left for the UK, like immediately after I'm like, I got to get back on the apps. Yeah. And that was too early. Like I didn't process. And you've been processing at least for the last couple months. It's been like, what, like close to six months at this point? Four. May, June, July. Four. (laughs) Okay. Four feels longer. Feels longer. But even four months, like it's not like it's like the next week, like you've had that time to process. And I think there is that thin line of taking the time to process, but maybe not getting so in your head and also getting back out there too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I th- it sounds like it was it was a good combination. And I'm glad it went well. Because like you said, if it didn't, that could have set you back. Ugh. So I'm glad that it was a positive experience. I didn't want to wake up crying. That's, uh, that's not a good feeling. I've definitely been yeah, there. So I woke up no. feeling like it was <laughs> 
It was good for me. I felt nourished. I felt very much loved in that moment. So I'm very happy about that. But I'm very glad that he's a stranger. We have no friends in common. There's absolutely no way of me keeping tabs on him or thinking about a future or thinking about a what if. It was a time box fling. And that was so necessary for it to be just in its own capsule and and have it stay in the box. <laughs> stay in the box, <laughs> coming full circle. <laughs> <laughs> throwback from a few episodes ago if you missed it <laughs> make sure to go on if you know you know so did you tell him about this podcast at all no we did not talk about okay. anything that you would normally talk about on a date i don't know what he does for okay. work he doesn't know what i do for work but we talked about really deep life philosophies we talked about marriage we talked about kids we talked about love relationships, but we didn't talk about anything like everyday living kind of thing. Clarity, mm-hmm. it wasn't like you guys getting married. It was more just like hype, like Yeah, more no, in general. Yes, yes. Yes. Like the concept of marriage. We had great conversations around that. We do follow each other on Instagram now. So okay. he certainly knows about He'll the podcast. Know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He'll know. But he hasn't brought it up. We were still in contact. He hasn't brought it up. I don't think it's a until big deal. this episode. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this is all good stuff about him. This is like oh, it's so all great. positive. And, I, and this is nothing new for him. I, I was very very honest with to him about what we were doing. And I, I was very honest about the breakup that I went through. I, I have no qualms. Like, why? What am I hiding? I'm not I don't care about scaring off anyone. Right. So radical honesty was that. And I'm so glad that I got it off my chest. Well, I'm so glad that you did. It's definitely part of the healing journey. And, you know, there might be a setback in another way, but you're expecting it, right? You're expecting what yeah. the journey continues with. And I think this episode that we did today, this is a mm-hmm. new friend that you made. Mm-hmm. Rory Uphold is her name. And you guys got connected because a mutual friend thought you two should meet each other, right? Because of your situation? Because of the breakup a mutual friend was like, you gotta meet my neighbor. She is like the queen of talking about infidelity. And like, wow, that's that's quite a thing to be known for. Yeah. And just to level set, this episode is not necessarily about infidelity. It's more of just all the crime. She's a podcast called Crimes of the Heart. And it's really talking about just all the things that happen in dating that, you know, are hurtful and are painful, like everything from the ghosting to the cheating to whatever might happen. And she had a lot of personal anecdotes. And then how she got through it. How did she get to the other side? Because the reality is there's always going to be criminals out there. And Mm -hmm. how do you make it that you're not their target? Or how do you make it that even if you are their target, you're okay with it? Like you can roll with it and you just recognize this isn't the right partner for you. That doesn't mean that you're never hurt by it. But it doesn't get in your way of finding the right partner, someone that will not be a criminal when it comes to matters of the heart. And just like all crimes are different levels, you have major crimes that can be committed, and then you have misdemeanors. And I would say all of us are guilty of some misdemeanors <laughs> we've committed in our dating lives. It's important to hear these stories because you are the perpetrator in someone's story. Yes. So we'll go into it in much more detail. Before we do announcements at Dateable Podcast, you can find us there on Instagram, pretty much all social media. And of course, leave us a love note, ratings and (laughs) reviews. As you've been following along, our goal is a thousand and Apple podcast by end of year. We are 
in the mid 700s now. We are climbing. We are getting there. Help us out. Five stars, please. If you enjoy this content, leave your brunch talk question in the comments. If you want to leave us a love note of how a podcast has helped you, like honestly, when we get those, we'll always text each other and just be like, did you see the review that came in? Yeah. This made us so happy. So it really is like hearing, you know, we even had a brunch talk a couple weeks ago about moving in together and that came from a review and the listener said I've been listening to your podcast for two years I've been with my partner now for a year so we're like this shit works you know it's good to hear it Mm -hmm. it's good how to hear how it's worked for you so thanks in advance means so much to us okay well before we get into it let's hear a message from our sponsor this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. My healing journey has had a lot of ups and downs the last few months and there were moments where I felt stuck For example, I knew it would be good for me to socialize and meet new people, but something was getting in my way. Therapy helped me figure out what was holding me back so I can work for myself, not against myself. Through talking to a licensed therapist, I was able to understand my fears, especially around trust in people. My therapist validated my feelings, but also helped me figure out a plan to get back into the social scene. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash dateable today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash d-a-t-e-a-b-l-e. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to viahemp.com and use the code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's viahemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. Okay, let's hear it from Rory. Rory, welcome. It's so nice to have you finally on our podcast. You and I have already met in person. I've told Julie all about you, and here you are. And I'm a fan. (laughs) I'd already listened to the podcast on many, many, many occasions before we met. Amazing. Well, here we go. (laughs) I know. So this is exciting. Yeah. (laughs) Rory, it's so nice to have you on Dateable. We've met in person, but I was so excited to tell Julie about you. You are a love investigator. That's what I'm going to call you. (laughs) But in addition to that, so who is Rory? She lives in LA. She's been in LA her whole life. She's 
single, you do have some strict guidelines around dating. You will go out on setups, but not on apps. You're not interested in dating unless it's very intentional. Mm -hmm. So none of that casual stuff. It's all about intentional. I've spent years doing casual and fun. I'm good. We've all been there. And you're also the host of Crimes of the Heart podcast, a love and dating podcast with a true crime twist. When I think true crime, I'm thinking murders. I'm thinking scammers. But your show is a little different. What are these love crimes that you speak about? Right. Well, they're emotional crimes. So I think Mm. that what's weird is the language around modern dating is very similar to crime. And the way that even just like the way people talk about the texting bubbles popping up and disappearing and the tension that that creates and the gut punch that you feel when somebody rejects you or like just doesn't text back. If I hit you with my car, there are consequences. Mm -hmm. But if I date you for six years and waste your freaking time and then I cheat on you, there's no recourse for that. Mm. So you clearly have a passion for this. Like what was your background and story that made you feel (laughs) so compelled to be like, I need to document this and investigate it? I wish it was one story. So my first high school boyfriend, I honestly thought I was going to marry him. And he cheated on me. I got over it. And then that man later moved across the country from New York to Los Angeles, across the street from me, could see into my apartment from his apartment and just never mentioned that. Wait, years later? Like he was living across from you? Yeah. And then tried to tell me it was a coincidence. And I was like, my guy. That was like boyfriend number one. And then I would say the most recent situation was I got ghosted by a guy I had been dating for six months only to find out that he was fucking my hairdresser the whole time. What? (laughs) This story is ridiculous. Should we get into the stories? Because I feel like... Yeah, I want to hear this one. (laughs) Okay, so I meet this guy on Hinge and... We start dating and it's pretty like hot and heavy, like out of the gate. And then all of a sudden he ghosts me. So I was bummed about the fact that he ghosted me and I really wanted to kind of know why. So I end up getting back together with him and his rationale was like, sorry, it just moved too fast. It was too intense. Like I like you, but it was too much. And I was like, okay, well, why don't you just communicate that next time? So we get back together and everything's kind of like going great. And I get pregnant. Oh. Mm -hmm. And then he ghosts me. Shit. And he knew. Mm. Nope. He did not know. Okay. He just never texted me back. What was your last text to him? Our last text was about plans. And then he canceled. Oh, shit. And then I didn't hear from him. And then he never followed up. And then I found out I got pregnant. And I just figured when he hit me up, I would tell him because that doesn't seem like a conversation you just throw out via text. And I just literally never heard from him. Did you say like, I have something to talk to you about? Or was it just like, hey, casual? It was casual. Okay. So in his defense, he didn't know what was going on. Not saying it's good that he ghosted, but he had no idea. No, he didn't know. He knew that we'd been dating for six months. Well, yeah. (laughs) There's also like a very specific reason that I now know why he didn't hit me up. It's because my hairdresser had come into town that very week that I found out I was pregnant. So how did you make that connection? So there's nothing worse than being rejected by someone in a position where you're really, really vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I felt really bad about myself. It was awful. And I didn't 
date or see anybody for months and months after that. That was my rock bottom moment. And then fast forward a year, it's about a year after he goes to me. I get referred to this woman by a friend of mine. I'm getting my hair done. She's talking to me about dating and how it's been really brutal. And (laughs) I make an offhanded remark because this guy sounds really similar. And I said, I'm going to make up a fake name. I said, is that Joe Smith? And the entire salon stopped breathing. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Because every hairstylist in there knew who Joe Smith was because he had done something pretty similar to this hairstylist. And so I watched a woman from like across the room, just like her neck, like almost snapped. Like she like looked at me and said, what did you say? And then my hairdresser stopped and said, what did you say? And I said, uh, Joe Smith. And she was like, how did you know? And I said, well, it was a joke sort of, but also sort of not. And I'm really good at this. And then all hell broke out. The women getting their hair done were like, this is crazy. (laughs) And I was like, hey, so remember when I told you I got ghosted by the guy that got me pregnant? And she was like, yeah. I was like, so that's Joe Smith. And she was like, hey, remember when I told you I got into therapy because of that guy? That's Joe Smith. And I said, that's super nuts. And then she looked at me and goes, oh my God, I wonder if this is Levi's. She goes, did you have a pizza party with this guy? And I said, "Mm, yeah. She goes, holy shit. I was dating him. He sent me a photo because he said, oh, I'm doing pizza night with my son. And he didn't realize it was a live photo. I want to back up for a second. Like if you could share this, what was that key point that you were like, this is the same guy? Like what was it that set that bell off for you? Oh, yeah, I know exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. So she was like, you know, he's a doctor with this like stable job and he has his own house and he has this kind of dog. And also his kid is the same age as my kid, Mm. but he also like has tattoos and he's got like a full sleeve and he's got this type that I, whatever. And I was like, that's so crazy. His name's not Joe Smith, is it? Got Mm. it. So it's just like a bunch of stuff that added up. Yeah. So was this like, what started your podcast or were there other stories too? (laughs) Oh, tons of other stories. Yeah. No, this is not what started my podcast, but I think like that's what changed my life in that I realized I needed to really stop and do like a lot of inner work. Mm -hmm. I also felt like I needed to recenter myself and remind myself exactly what I want. If you're going to show up for me consistently, I will show up for you consistently. Mm -hmm. And I never, I will not invest in anyone until I feel like they've earned it. Yeah. Like there's something wrong with me and trying to like change that or quote unquote be better, you know, to win their love. And I'm like, fuck that. No, nobody got time for that. No. And it goes back into the emotional crimes because we feel like sometimes these bad dating behaviors, we think they're kind of normal. Like we've normalized them in dating. But I almost like this extreme view of these are emotional crimes and we should not stand for them. In fact, they should be punished. And the punishment is you don't give two shits about them, right? You don't need to feed any more into the attention seeking. Mm. So we've heard, you know, like dating scams and all that. Like how are crimes of the heart different than like the typical scam for money or whatever? I mean, I think ultimately there's a lot of through lines I have on the show. I think a lot of people ignore red flags. That's the number one consistent thing I see. Okay. Very few times are crimes committed where people look back and go, yeah, man, 
there was nothing. There's always a few things and there tends to be a few moments where guy or girl, they ignore it. I also think the difference between like, say the scammers out there versus what I would call the love crimers is that most of the people committing love crimes would still say they're good people. Mm. And I still think they're taking advantage of other people. I think if you were to commit these things against these quote unquote crimes against your friends, you wouldn't have friends. Mm -hmm. Like, why do we treat people's hearts any different than like a fine China, you know, like we should be trying to leave people better than we find them. And instead, it seems that dating and the pursuit of love has turned into this thing that is so self-serving. Yeah. We're all so individualized and like, it's what I want and it's about me. Like I'm the center of the universe. When the crazy thing about love is it's like a dance between two people. Well, the difficult thing is once you hear these stories or you go through them yourself, you want to stay vigilant and you want to look for red flags. But at what point are you doing too much of that that you forget to have fun? Like for me, hearing these stories, I no longer think dating is fun. I feel like it's a true crime experience <laughs> now. I'm out there looking for criminals. Well, I also think that you're in a very specific window. Right, right. I believe in off seasons. If you've had a crazy run, take the time to properly heal. Because when you don't, I think it's like there's a lot of diminishing returns. So I do think that's one thing. Because having the space and time to heal also gives you a really clear understanding of what it is that you're looking for the next time. And I think if you become unwilling to compromise on what it is that you're looking for, it becomes so much easier to say no. So it sounds like you had your cry of the heart where this guy cheated on you, especially being pregnant, not a good situation, but you've used that as your rock bottom to now realize what you want. Like, how did you come out of that in a positive way that now it's like for good in your dating life of using it to be more selective and put yourself first? Well, I think every perceived failure is an opportunity for growth. I think our lowest moments can be our lowest moments, or they can be the moments that catapult us into the next phase of our lives. But when ends of relationships happen, I go like, wow, honestly, lucky you. Well, you didn't want this, but now this is an opportunity. You get to be the next iteration of yourself. Mm -hmm. You get to use all of this pain and anger and hurt to propel you yeah. into whoever you want to be next. Like, I don't think I personally want to play the high stakes game that I was playing. I want to be more intentional. I want to try and find somebody that I would like to share my life with. I want to find somebody that like I would potentially consider getting married to. So if that's the case, then I need to be really clear about what it is that I'm looking for in someone. And so when I don't see like they're meeting me halfway or if they're not pursuing me, the thought of giving my time and energy to someone who doesn't see what an additive mm -hmm. person I'm going to be to their life or doesn't value me or doesn't want to go down this road with me, like I just can't think of anything worse than investing into somebody who doesn't get it. I mean, 100%. I hear you. And I remember for me, that was a breaking point too, of getting to that point where you don't take it personally and you start to see it as just paving the way for the right person. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of our listeners want to get there. They want to be in that headspace, but it's a struggle, right? Mm. Like what would you say to someone that might be struggling with this that feels like, you know, we had someone write in recently that the situationship didn't want to continue with her. So she started to feel like there's something wrong with me. There's something flawed. How do you get out of that mindset? Number one, you have to recognize that you have that mindset. 
And why is it that your brain automatically goes to the darkest place? I mean, by the way, we all do this. We're all programmed that way. Mm -hmm. For sure. But it's like, so number one, I would say, let's recognize the patterns. Let's get to the core of what is your personal narrative? And by personal narrative, I mean movie. So for me, I go, I'm not good enough. That's my thing. That has been my thing. It's not true. So why am I torturing myself with that? Of course, yeah. (laughs) Why are we doing that? Like, there are a million reasons. But do you, do you want somebody who this is how they handle conflict or a change of opinion or whatever? And when I started to look at it that way, I said, uh, no, ma'am, I do not. (laughs) Especially if I want to start a life with this person. Right. Yeah. So to the situationship girl, I would say like, why is it your fault and not their fault? Right. Yeah. Like they're the one committing the crime, yet we're being the one punished for it. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Why are we getting punished for their crime? Yes. What do you say to people who I'm thinking about another love crime, Mm -hmm. which is not as severe. And the love crime is just the fizzle. Yeah. You know, when you start out hot and heavy and then it fizzles. And it reminds me of the story you've told on your podcast, Rory, of that first date you went on with the guy when you went over to his house. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Tell us that story and then what you learned from it, because I feel like this is a very common scenario. So that was hard. That was like one of the first dates I had gone on after I broke up with my boyfriend during COVID. And it's complicated because he had erectile unpredictability. Okay. And he now is in a relationship with somebody else. So he did figure it out and he didn't figure it out with me. First off, you have to trust people when they say things. Like it really is the truth. Like life has shown me that if somebody says they are not ready or they're not Mm -hmm. available, like you're never going to change them. And it's, again, it's this weird thing where like, I don't know why we simultaneously believe we're the biggest pieces of shit on earth, but that we can also change people. (laughs) Like, it's so weird. Mm, mm, So true. (laughs) I took the L. I continued to stay friends with him. We are still friends to this day. And it did hurt my feelings because he, again, had everything that I was looking for. But if I was honest with myself, he didn't because something that's really important to me is a really exciting and consistent sex life, which he was not going to be able to provide. But more importantly than that, you know what I'm really into? Someone who's into me and wants to be in a relationship. Right. Somebody who wants to show up every single day. Yes. So anytime I started to be like, oh, maybe if I was this or maybe if I was that, I stopped and said, now why the F do you want to date someone who isn't dying to date you? Right. Mm -hmm. Why do you think you said something very interesting? Because I've been here before this (laughs) feeling like we're not good enough, yet we're so good that we can change someone into wanting to date us. Like, why do we have that contradiction? Like, why do you feel like we can change people into wanting to be with us? Look, take what I say with a grain of salt, but I think ultimately it's try to prove to ourselves that we're good enough. Mm -hmm. Mm. You know, I think like a lot of this comes down to self-love and one of the things that is a through line in all of the stories that I hear or just the people that I interview is we are the most vulnerable when our love tanks for ourselves are the lowest. Yeah. I think so many times, like if we're really confident in something, I don't know, I get a lot of trolls online. And when people tell me I'm ugly, I'm like, that's hilarious because I know that's not true. So try again. And if somebody says like, oh, you're not funny, 
Like, again, I'm like, I'm paid to be funny. Like, you have to hit me mm-hmm. in a vulnerable spot. Like, in something that is so obvious, it feels weird. But if somebody wrote on my TikTok, like, you're inconsistent, maybe you're lazy, I would be like, oh my God, they see me. This is so scary. Holy fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, cause that's like one of the fears I have about myself. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're right though. Like it sounded like what we were saying it before that they are two sides of the same coin. Cause I know like for me, when I've been there, it's because I'm trying to prove myself. Like yeah. there was this one instance that I had that, you know, this guy said like, I want to be with you as a friend. And at the time, I wasn't even interested in him. But he was like, I want to be with you. I've liked you for so long. And I'm like, okay, I think I can get on board with this. And I went back and forth. Mm -hmm. And then finally, I got on board with it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. And he was like, actually, I don't want to be in a relationship. So it's like he kind of took it away. And for me, I went into like overdrive, try to like prove it because it was something that was taken away. Now, in retrospect, I should just left at face value, especially so wasn't that interested in the first place. But we see this all the time. It's like there's reasons why these games work, right? Is that people want what they can't have. And it's feeding into like the larger ego and self-love and all the challenges we face. Like, how do you start to get out of that? What would you tell maybe... 10 years ago, me, if you were to look at it now, like just around this person that's clearly not into you. I mean, again, it's like I'm, I sound like a broken record, but I would be like, if you really believed that you were a prize to be won, that was his to lose. Right. And he lost it. And honestly, like we should feel bad for him because one day he's going to wake up and be like, oh, damn, I fucked up not once, but twice. Well, he still looks at my Instagram stories all the time. <laughs> I'll bet he fucking does. The top person. I'll bet he does. That's his punishment. That's his punishment yes. for his love crime. They always come back. I've never not had somebody come back. So there's that. But also, like, I would just say, why is it that I can see you so clearly? Like, why is it that I can see all of the things? things you bring to the table and why is it that you can't Hmm. why is it that you show up for me in such like a passionate way but you can't do that for yourself and like what's the space between where you're at today and where you start showing up for you the same way you start showing up for your friends how do we get you there buy a journal start writing letters to yourself start like actually taking real notes on what are my insecurities? What are these negative thoughts? And how do I stop that? Mm -hmm. Because worrying is just wishing for what you don't want. So if you're worrying about insert whatever your fear is, you're basically manifesting that. And I mean, not to get like too technical or scientific, but you really are deepening those neural pathways. So we have to do something to like stop, whether that's pick up a pen and write stop, say it to yourself. I create notes apps. Mm. So I have mantras when I'm trying to break a negative habit where I remind myself of what it is that I want to achieve or believe about myself. So when I was healing, I had to remind myself like, you're incredible, you're worthy of love, it's out there and you are absolutely taking the steps to go get it. Mm -hmm. And if I had to remind myself of that 200 times a day, then so be it. Because it started at 200 and now it's like maybe once every two weeks you know, because I truly do believe it. Mm, Mm -hmm. I like that. It just seems so backwards the way we do dating, because with dating, it feels like the goal is to get into a relationship. 
But mm. in life, our ultimate achievement is our relationship with ourselves. Mm-hmm. But we kind of just throw that by the wayside when we're dating. It's like, no, I got to be in a relationship. That's the end goal. It's like you tell someone on a first date, what are you looking for? I'm looking for a relationship. Yeah, pick me. Yeah, pick me. <laughs> but what about just like I'm working on a relationship with myself and if someone is coming along for the ride, that's great. If not, I'm still working on this relationship with myself. And this is the part that really irks me about this need to change people. Yeah. Because it's like, mm. we're basically saying, we're going to take you on as my own responsibility, but I'm not going to take myself on as my own responsibility. Can you both please say that on dates? Like, I'm just looking to enrich my own <laughs> relationship with myself and you'll be yeah. only so lucky to come along because that's the truth. Yeah. So I do say that. Amazing. Amazing. How do you say it? How do you say it? I'm going to write, I'm going to write it down verbatim and just copy you. I said it recently to someone. He asked me what I was looking for. And I basically said, my life is incredible. I have everything that I want. So I'm looking for someone who is additive. I like that. Because if you're going to be added to my life, you need to be additive. Yeah. That's exactly what I said. And that is the truth. And I really do believe if we all got to that place, it would be easier. It would be. Like I'm a sexual being. Like I need to hook up with people. And so I have relationships with people that don't go beyond that. And that works for me. I understand that that doesn't work for everyone. And I'm by no means trying to encourage people to do things that are outside of their comfort zone. That's just something like for me that I want and like to have. At this point, if I'm going to give you my Thursday or my Saturday, I need to know that I'm going to get something in return. Mm-hmm. How have you seen people's reactions when you say that? Yeah. What are they saying to you? I'll be honest. Guys are kind of into it. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it plays into a little bit of like, oh, I'm going to have to work for it. I'm going to have to chase it. Or I've also... I had one guy say, okay, I'm going to be really honest with you where I'm at right now. Like, I just don't think I have the bandwidth for something Mm. that is serious. And I said, okay, cool. So you might be in another bucket. Mm -hmm. Maybe if I'm feeling that sort of way. Because I said, you know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to be texting you. We're not going back and forth. I'm not sending you memes. I'm not FaceTiming you. I'm not getting on the phone. Like I'm not investing in people that I don't see as an investment. The reason I asked you is I feel like the last time I was dating, I had the same mindset as you, 100%. But I didn't say it. Love it. I didn't say it, though. No, but you didn't say it. <laughs> it was more like a in the back of my mind yeah. type of thing, you know, but it was my energy. Like, I'm not going to, like, chase after people or view it in a way that I'm flawed. It just means that person wasn't my person and my person's around the corner. And I know easier said than done. Like, there was... A time, actually, like we had a podcast guest. I was in the thick of something that I thought was like gonna be something. And the person just flaked, like completely flaked, could not make time. They were like so invested. And then all of a sudden just, you know, could not find an hour to meet up. And I remember like sharing this on a podcast. Mm. Remember this, UA? It like turned into a therapy session Mm -hmm. with Connor Beaton. It wasn't where we were going, but it turned. Yeah. And him just being like, how do you want to feel in a relationship? Like, do you want to feel anxious? Do you want to feel on edge? Yeah. And the answer is no, you don't want to feel that way. Mm -mm. And that really changed my perspective of like looking into how I want to feel and kind of like putting myself more as like the main character opposed to maybe this person that's like vying for the attention of whoever will give it to you. 
I 100% agree. And then when you're the main character, it's really easy to see these subplots as subplots. Mm. Yeah. You're just like, oh, that person was here for whatever reason. They're not my person. Yeah. If anything, to reinforce my ability to say no and keep it moving. Yeah. No, seriously. I just had this conversation with a friend who was basically like, the CEO of everything. She's a go-getter and she is she sounds get, hot. She's <laughs> very ambitious, very aggressive, just like very independent. And then as soon as she started talking about her most recent relationship, she turned into an intern. She turned into an intern applying for a job. Yeah. It was like your demeanor totally changed. Like you're the one applying for a job now in your own life. Do you hear the turn of your tone? And she's like, oh my God, how did I turn from a CEO to an intern? turn just from one relationship and it just it boggles my mind that people do this every day how lucky is she to have you as a friend though it was the right timing because i was in that mode i was like listen (laughs) this is what you're doing right like this is your tone completely changes but i want to relate this back to crimes of the heart because you said something to me last time we met up and i was like holy shit that's so true part of why people are burnt out by dating or scared of dating is because they're afraid of these emotional crimes happening to them and they're constantly being vigilant about i don't want to get ghosted again i don't want to get my heart broken again mm. but you said something about how criminals seek out their victims mm. and really what you do is you make yourself less of a victim so criminals don't target you. Can you mm-hmm. articulate that in the way that you brilliantly said it to me? I got so nervous because I was like, I don't remember anything we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> we like talked for like four hours. But I mean, number one, I always say the price of love is loss. Thing is, is at the end of the day, you have no idea when somebody's going to get sick or leave you for whatever reason. So it's like we can't fully protect ourselves. Like part of the magic of falling in love is being vulnerable, right? I think like part of it is also just knowing to be able to feel sad, to be able to feel pain is also a privilege because it is proportional to how deep that you can love. And like, so I think like we should also have respect and honor for that. But What you're specifically talking about is with actual real criminals, real crimes. I was telling you about how something unfortunate happened to me with a real criminal. And so I went and did a bunch of self-defense stuff. And I spent a whole day watching interviews with people in jail who described how they pick their victims. Mm. So there is an art to it. But if you think about it, it makes sense. It's their job, yeah. right? We're all really good at our jobs. We're good at identifying marks. So it's like if you're the person that is parking under the street lamp closest to the door of the grocery store, your keys are out ready, you're not on your cell phone, you're looking around, you're alert, you're not going to be the person that they go for because you pose a bigger threat to their success rate. Yes, yeah. And I think we were talking about, I ended up dating a narcissist who has since been me too'd. We don't need to get into that. <laughs> but I ended up dating him after I had been cheated on. And I was really vulnerable. Mm. And I was like, oh, the one thing I realized when I met all the other women when this guy got me too'd is that we had all come out of very similar experiences where we were all really vulnerable. Mm. And so we had these like invisible X's on our foreheads. We were easy targets. We were easy marks. Yes. And when I put myself back in those shoes, what I remember feeling was so desperately wanting to be loved. Mm-hmm. Yes. I desperately wanted to be loved. And I'm not saying that 
you can't want to be loved. But I am saying that if you love yourself as much as you want to be loved, I do think it gets harder to be a mark. You know, like Mm -hmm. when you're not afraid to be alone, when Mm -hmm. you enjoy your own company, when your life is fulfilled, you feel like you're thriving in all aspects of your life where someone really is going to be additive. When you're not making little sacrifices in your mind or excuses because you so desperately want this person who seems like they could be the answer to your fairy tale, like it's going to write the ending, you know, whatever it is, that's when it's easy to get taken advantage of. I made so many excuses for this person. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm like thinking back to, you know, my own time and then people we know too, like UA and I had a friend that had a situation where this guy took advantage of her and many other people and blatantly lied to her about many things. And all these women came out of the woodwork. And I think like there's this element that she had just gone through a breakup and probably was a little more vulnerable in that sense. Yeah. Like, how do you protect yourself? But also like what we were talking about earlier, like, how do you not think that everyone's a bad guy? And like, how do you, you know, manage that? So one thing that you said that made me think of something that was totally opposite, right? Like, I think sunk cost effect Mm -hmm. can also be the reason why you make excuses. I think having a child with somebody can be the reason why you make excuses, right? Like it's not just at the beginning because someone can be Prince Charming or Princess Charming in the beginning and things can switch. So this isn't just about like, I must have not seen the red flags in the beginning. Sometimes the red flags come in the middle. Yep, for sure. That's why like, I think we need to divest ourselves from this idea that a fairy tale happy ending is losing autonomy. Mm-hmm. So I come from a family where my parents got engaged after two months of dating and they're still together. And on my parents' 25th wedding anniversary, my dad flew my mother's whole family out, didn't tell anybody, got down on one knee and reproposed with a ring that was twice the size as the original one and asked for another 25 years of marriage. <laughs> what a horrible guy. I know. <laughs> it's like, Dad, did you not understand that I was going to get into comedy? Like, this really fucks me here. (laughs) He would bring home flowers regularly just because. Like, I really did grow up with what I thought was, I mean, it was my normal. And then movies and media reinforce this. So I understand why I've walked into a lot of things and then got the shit kicked out of me. You know, it's taken a really long time for me to realize that there's also something really beautiful about not handing over my autonomy to another person. I want to go back to like the beginning when you were telling the story about the guy, right, that ghosted you. Mm-hmm. Like looking back at that now, like what points would you have done differently? Had you been in that situation? Literally everything. (laughs) Literally everything. I mean, I love that person despite the choices that I made. And when I think back about it, like people that are listening can't see it, but I'm like, I could cry. I could cry at any moment, like thinking about, like it makes me so mad that I ever doubted myself. It makes me so mad that I spent even a moment not believing that I was worthy of like the Mm -hmm. best Mm -hmm. kind of relationship. It makes me mad that I questioned it because it's like, if you're going to question it, of course, other people are going to question it. So you know what I wouldn't have done? I wouldn't have dated him. Mm, Period. There you go. Especially after that first time when he ghosted you a month in too, right? Yes. I would have been like, wow, you know, 
He had a lot of qualities that I really liked and I want to remember that for the next time. Mm -hmm. And I want to enjoy and celebrate the time that we had because it was really fucking fun. (laughs) And I want to be really grateful that this happened now and not six months later after I was pregnant. So you mentioned earlier there was like this before version of Rory, Mm -hmm. before this guy Mm -hmm. that was more just like, we'll do the adrenaline rush of just like wanting the quick thing that felt good. Mm -hmm. And now you're more intentional. Yeah. Take us back to that like early Rory. Like what was your dating life like? Oh my God. I'm wild, y'all. Like (laughs) wild. (laughs) And I haven't always like, listen, I've been in multi-year relationships. I've never cheated on anyone. That's not like an attack on anyone who has. What I'm saying is like when I'm wild, I'm wild. When I'm committed, I'm committed. Like Mm -hmm. I love really intensely, but I'm also like a mantra that I used to live by is like, well, bad decisions make good stories. So like, let's just, you are a storyteller, figure it out. So I don't know. I got stood up in Chicago and I boarded a airplane to go meet a drummer that I had only met once and go have a tryst. (laughs) Always a drummer. For like three days while I was on tour in Virginia. That was my first BDSM experience. I've like met up with dudes midnight and taken Molly on a first date. I mean, like reckless fun things. (laughs) But I also, I had no problem being like wild and crazy and somebody would not text me back. And then I would text them maybe a few weeks later when I saw them posting on Instagram and being like, holy shit, I'm so glad you're not in the hospital. And they would be like, what are you talking about? And I'd be like, your hands. And they'd be like, what? And I'd be like, oh, I never heard from you. So I just thought you broke both your hands because that was the only (laughs) logical explanation to not hearing from you. And then would only call them broken fingers. You know what I mean? Like to their face. Like, I I don't care. We got to like live a little and just not take it so seriously. Yeah. Let's hold that thought for a quick message. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast exit interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives, from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. (laughs) Wow. What? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall. And feedback that will make you swoon. But she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? <laughs> and maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, you is going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ultimately, it's you went through a phase or a stage in life, which I would argue many of us should go through. I mean, you got to live out for the stories somehow in some time, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then you got the stories you wanted. You live this crazy lifestyle. And then now you've made the decision to do something different. Mm-hmm. And there's no good or bad or right or wrong to any of this. It's just an explanation of how Rory became the Rory today. Yeah, I interviewed Rachel Bloom, who met her husband in college. And I love her story. 
How special is it to get to share almost your whole life with one person? And I have friends that met in high school and they're still together. And look, that was never going to be my journey. When I was in my early 20s, I thought I had met somebody that I was going to marry because we talked about getting married and we had been together forever. And I remember being in the car with my dad and saying, it's just weird because I just like never thought I would get married that young. Like I thought I had so many more stories to collect. So that's always sort of been my thing. Like I've always wanted to experience as many different people and phases and dicks (laughs) as possible. You know, that's who I am. And I know that's not for everybody, but I also see the beauty in the people that like just want to be with one person. I I love that for them too. So you're dating though differently now. Like if someone was like, oh, let's fly across the country and go on a date, would you do it? Or are you just like, no, this is not my jam anymore? Well, I need more context, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I I guess what I'm trying to get at is like, how much have you changed those ways? Are they still on the table if, you know, you deem this person maybe not relationship material? Or are you really staying like the course of trying to find something more intentional? You know what it is? So say somebody asked me to fly to New York. They were like, hey, I'll I'll put you on a plane on Friday and we'll, we'll send you out. I would say is this worth me losing time away from my show, away from my book, away from my friends, away from my life? I see. Yeah. Yep. At this point, not really. Got it. So it's more putting yourself first ahead of it. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, I there's also a lot of stuff I just haven't shared because I'm like, I don't want people to think I'm totally unhinged, off the wall crazy. But I've lived a lot of life and I think I really want to try for my next iteration. Like if I'm going to give somebody my time, I want to know that we're both working toward the same goal. It's no longer for the story because you've already had the story. It's no longer for the story. I have the stories, you know, and it's not about dodging the love crimes. I'm going to do my best because like I said, Mm -hmm. the price of love is loss. And I also trust that if I get hurt, I know I will rebuild better. I know I will yes. come back stronger. I know yes. that. I know that about myself. I'm not afraid of that. What I'm afraid of is dishonoring myself. Mm. Like I don't want to let myself down. Yeah. And that's, I think, the biggest shift. Yeah. I mean, we can go into takeaways. It's been such a wonderful conversation, but I think that really is at the core of it. Like where it's going is that no longer do you see these crimes of the heart as a reflection of yourself because you've used this to really take inventory and be like, this is who I am. This is what I bring to the table. Someone's lucky to be with me. And I honestly believe that's the case for every listener out there. Someone is lucky to be with you, yet we let people pick us and choose us. And that's like the worst place to be. Like the CEO of our love life, that's where we should be, not the one that's like begging the intern for a job. So I like how you were able to use this bad experience as the wake up call that you deserve more. And now you're able to see clearly too that I wouldn't have even stood for this in the first place, given where I am today. So remembering that dating is gross. So of course, it sucks when something terrible happens to you or you get ghosted, but you get to choose if you want to stay the victim or you want to use this to you know better yourself and to grow and to become that person that is a bit more unfazed by it yeah a hundred percent and it's also given me such insight 
to help other people. And like mm-hmm. one of the crazy things is people come to me with these embarrassing, shameful, vulnerable, terrible moments in their life, right? And they share it with me. And the one thing that I've been able to see is I'm like, these are all really special people. Yes, everyone does this. They all <laughs> think that they're the only one. And I'm like, I yeah. have to be like, oh my God, sorry. I just need you to know, like, you're not the only one with this story. Like I interviewed a girl that just told me that or whatever. And when yeah. I say that and people like, I can see their faces relax. They're like, I'm not the only one. I'm like, no, no, no. I like, I have a Dropbox folder full of these stories. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And then also when I'm able to be like, yeah, it's happened to me. Yeah. And I still walk around really like thinking that I'm the shit and maybe I'm Delulu, but you know what? It's working. So I don't care. I think it's human nature to get down on ourselves. And it's very unfortunate that again, we hear the same thing is like this podcast has helped people realize they're not alone. Mm. And we can really go to this dark place when we think that we're the only one this is happening to and dating isn't working for me thus it must be something wrong with me yeah but really shifting out of that mindset is the best thing you could do for your mental health whether you find a partner or not your happiness will just be there because shame is in my opinion the thing that i'm fighting against like it's so toxic Mm -hmm. and when you feel like you're the only one i do think there's like a, a layer of shame like sometimes when i talk about all of the, you know, terrible things that have happened to me, I'll have like this momentary feeling of being embarrassed or being shameful. Like that what if people listening to this episode are going to be like, wow, this girl sounds like she's like a fucking wreck. You know what I mean? Or like, whoa, she's like put up with a lot of bullshit. And then I have to remember that, yes, one, the facts, (laughs) but two, you know, I've accomplished so much. And like, if you look at my life, that there are so many people who look at social media or the show or whatever that are going to think the exact opposite. And so like, I think that I wish we would all come to the table and be a little bit more honest about what's really going on and like how we really feel. You don't need everyone to like you, like in dating, like you only need one person to like you at the end of the day. (laughs) But like, don't you love it when your friends who are married are like, marriage is not everything you think it is. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Like, or people in relationships who are like, it's fucking hard. It's work. Like, I just appreciate the fact that we can be honest about things because I do feel like we're in this weird time in the world where everything is like simultaneously so perfect and glossy, but then like we're surrounded by like burning buildings. (laughs) Like I'm like, everybody's life looks like they're perfect and happy and like vacationing on like Mykonos every summer. And yet, (laughs) and yet like I'm at home being like, am I going to make it to tomorrow? (laughs) Like what's going on? I think you guys have done and been consistently great and your show is such a resource and I've loved listening to it and it's been amazing to be a guest on it. And I also think UA, we are going to get to witness front row seat to your glow up. And I'm, I'm really excited for you. I know that you've been through a lot. Yeah. What happened to you is beyond and I won't go into more like because we've gone into it but but <laughs> truly I'm really excited for listeners to see where you end up like I know that you have these moments and these doubts and it's hard and I'm not saying that it's not going to be hard but I promise you this time next year we're going to look back and be like one thank god and two I'm so fucking excited to see where you're at 
I love that so much. It's so fascinating what the universe does for you at a time of need. And the universe brought me Rory through a mutual friend of ours. If she came into my life at such a perfect time, and she did say this to me, she's like, picture yourself a year from now. Yeah. You're going to look back and be like, that was just a blip. And I certainly think about that in this conversation we just had. I think the ultimate love crime we can commit is forgetting ourselves in the story. Yeah. I love that so much. Like, yes, I was victim, mm. but at the same time, I don't need to be victim to that forever. And I've rebuilt myself to be the main character again. And I'm so happy to be here, you know, and to keep rebuilding. I also feel like everything you just said, Rory, makes me feel so empowered to be single and a lot of times, like my married friends are trying to save me. You know, I had a lot of married friends reach out to me after this whole breakup and said, I will try to find whoever in my in my Rolodex to introduce you to. Like, I am drowning. You know, they're trying to save me. Or this is like some fucked up musical chairs where someone just took my chair away. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I don't need saving. I just want to be able to be confident and strong and stand on my own and to be vigilant, but also to mm -hmm. understand that life is more than just being in a relationship and getting someone's affections or getting their validation. It's it's really just about me. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It, it is. is. Yeah. You can't rush the foundation of a house. No. no. And that is what is going to, in Los Angeles, prevent the house from falling down in the case of an earthquake. And you just went through an earthquake and it took the house down and that's fine, but you're going to get to rebuild it. And so yeah. you're not going to rush this phase and you're going to make sure that it's secure. And then the best part is you get to fucking design it. Yes. And you get to pick who enters oh, this house when and yeah. when they do it. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And I can always change the lock. Yes. Exactly. And you know what? And hopefully it's the last time it ever happens. But if it happens again, you have the skills. Yes. Like this idea that if we don't end up with this one person for forever, it's a failure or whatever. Yeah. It's like, no, I just think it's a journey and it's all different. And the quicker we can start looking at things as like gifts and blessings and opportunities to change and grow, the happier we're going to yes. be. And I'm not yes. saying this as like the be all end all is to meet a partner, but like I know before I met my partner, it was because I was okay being single, if not happy being single. For sure. And that sets you up to be more discerning. Yeah. Is this person additive in my life instead of yes. I need to fix my life by being in a relationship? So yes. I do love that part we talked about earlier of like, what am I looking for? Like, I'm looking for someone additive. You figure out how to say that in a yeah. way that feels natural, or you don't even have to say it at all. That could just be your mindset. But that alone, I really do think that's what weeds out these people that aren't going to show up and to be the people that we want, or they they will like disappear or do something, but you won't be as phased by it as you would have been if you weren't in that secure place. Absolutely. I guess somebody could say like, you know what? I'm looking for the candles on my cake. Mm. You know, or like, mm. <laughs> because then you could be like, you know, you blow them out. No, uh, you <laughs> or can like spin it however way. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you can spin like, it however you want. It doesn't have to be as like, I'm, I'm yeah. blunt and aggressive. So like when I say you got to be additive, you know, 
I'm also saying it with like ton of cleavage, so I feel like it softens the blow. <laughs> well, so much is how cleavage. you say. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I think it's just a state of mind. Like, I definitely like yes. didn't even yeah. say it, but that was my mindset. So yeah, I think people, there's a spectrum. You find what works for you, but as long as it's it's that main character energy at the end of the day that you're alluding that this is your life. You're trying to find someone in something that works for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not chasing. Yes. Very last thing I'll say is just like any true crime podcast or story, <laughs> we have to also understand these crimes are still in the minority. It's not like they're being committed every day. Everybody commits these crimes. It's not like that. It's only because they're worth talking about because they're interesting stories. Mm, so true. just for anybody out there dating, being like, oh, my God, I'm so scared to date or I'm going to be a victim and all of this. There's still more good people than bad. I truly believe that. That's a good point because when there's not nothing going on. Like I remember when I met my partner, I'm like, I have nothing to talk about. Right. You know, and that's a good case, but no one's talking about it. You would not it. go on Rory's podcast. No, but like, well, <laughs> well, you guys are coming on the podcast. So trust me, well, that, I have not like about your 40 years before that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like 30 yeah. years before that, that I could pull from. But yes, I think that's like, ultimately, though, we don't hear about those because that's like news cycles, right? You only hear about the stuff that's clickbait. Yeah. It's fun to talk about the time you got ghosted, not when everything was just okay it just wasn't a connection yeah yeah i interviewed a man who cheated on his girlfriend Mm. and because i you found one Mm -hmm. who was willing to talk i did pass them on and (laughs) i will say are there narcissists yes does that word get used so much and too much yes (laughs) are there sociopaths of course are they rare yes so like a lot of the times people feel bad about what they do and it comes from also a broken place. Yes. And I'm not trying to say like, let those people go, whatever. We don't need to come up with moral justification, but just know that you get to wake up being you and they have to wake up being them. Yes. And what drives a person to make those choices comes from a very dark and place that's hurting in them. A broken so, place. you know, it's a broken yeah. place. Well, that's what you definitely have to remember that someone ghosting you says more about them than it says about you. Like we yes. had an episode, Confessions of a Reform Ghoster, and our yes. guest, she was super honest. And she's like, look, I was not in the place to be dating back then. Like, I was not in a good place. And it came out and it really had nothing to do with those people. So once again, like, we have to get out of this mindset that we're flawed, that we're the victim, that all this stuff is happening to us. Why can't anything stick? The reality is there's always going to be bad fish out there in the sea. It's like you have to just keep swimming and you'll, like, ignore the ones that aren't there for you. Yes. Yes. Food poisoning happens. <laughs> let them Salmonella. let them yeah. rise to the bottom, I guess. Salmonella. <laughs> yeah. happens to the best of us. <laughs> exactly. Okay, Rory, if people want to get to know you better, where can they find out more info? Well, you could find me at I Could Be Blonder on Instagram <laughs> or Rory Uppold on TikTok. <laughs> you could always listen to the podcast, which is Crimes of the Heart. Please don't stalk me personally. <laughs> don't find me IRL. Her, her address is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, you know, just let's keep it to a digital relationship. Um, yeah. Like we don't no need more crimes. crimes yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, no stalking crimes. And you guys are going to come do the show. Yes. And we uh-huh. are going to talk a little bit about ghosting because uh-huh. that is uh-huh. the theme for my show for October. So I can't wait yes. to get you guys on. Amazing. Yay. I'm going to love a good can't ghosting wait. story. <laughs> well, so exciting. 
So lovely to have you on the show. It's very empowering personally for me. I hope for our listeners as well. For all of our listeners, a great way to support us podcasters because it's not easy being a podcaster. Right, Rory? Not easy. Uh Come support us by giving us five stars, uh, rating a review in Apple Podcasts. You can leave both of our podcasts a rating review and in it, you can reference each other. You know, when you're commenting on ours, you can say, loved Rory's episode from Crimes of the Heart. And when you're <laughs> leaving a review for Rory's podcast, you can say, found her on Dateable. You know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Let's cross-reference. It's always a good way to do that. And last but not least, please, no committing crimes of the heart. Yeah, okay. No. Let's just make a promise. If you're listening to this podcast, at least you can make that promise to yourself and to the people around you. You do not want to be a criminal of the heart. Okay, wrapping up this episode. Stay Dateable. The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Media Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at Dateable Podcast and visit datablepodcast.com for access to all the episodes and our premium programs. Also, make sure to subscribe today if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform so you are the first to get all the latest episodes. And most importantly, stay dateable. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.